Welcome to today's episode of the Water Prairie Chronicles. We have an exciting show for you today as we take a tour of the new location for Gigi's Playhouse Raleigh and sit down with Michelle and Matthew Schwab to discuss Down Syndrome. They'll share their personal experiences and insights and help us understand the unique challenges and joys of raising a child with Down Syndrome. From medical care to education to social interactions, we'll cover a wide range of topics in our conversation. Michelle and Matthew have a wealth of knowledge and experience to share, and we're honored to have them on our show. Gigi's Playhouse is a nonprofit organization that provides support, resources, and programs for individuals with Down Syndrome and their families. The new facility for Gigi's Playhouse Raleigh is truly impressive, and we're excited to take you on a tour to show you what they have to offer. So sit back, relax, and join us for this informative and inspiring episode as we explore Gigi's Playhouse Raleigh and learn from the Schwabs about the beauty of Down Syndrome. This is our first interview on the topic of Down syndrome, and we were able to sit down with Michelle and Matthew after our tour to ask a few questions and to help us understand it better. Out of respect for those that I am speaking with, I like to find out how we should refer to different disabilities and special needs. So I started out by asking what terminology I should use when I refer to someone with Down syndrome. And I want our listeners to know, as they're meeting friends in the community, what is the most respectful way to refer to someone with Down syndrome? Um, and I've seen it written different ways. It's down and not downs, is that correct? That's correct. So there's no S on the down. That's correct. And is the D is capitalized and the syndrome is lowercase? Yes. Correct. And why is that that way? The only, it, it is in typical. If you are doing a, um, if it's on a sign or something like that, like Down Syndrome Achievement Center, right? it would all be, the D and the S would be capitalized. Right. But if you're talking about it, because down is the man's name, who discovered it? Okay. And John and then, Lincoln Down. Yep. Okay. In like the 1800s. Oh, well, okay. I was wondering how, how, how long it had been an official diagnosis, so it's been a long time. That's we continued the conversation by talking about some of the common characteristics of Down syndrome. Specifically, what is Down syndrome? Down syndrome is a... The most common. It's the most common genetic dis- disability. Let's say condition. The most, the most common most genetic common condition. Genetic. Right. The condition is one of the ones in the intellectual developmental disabilities spectrum of disabilities because it only mainly affects mentality. There is always some kind of cognitive impairment, right? What are some of the other yes. um, markers? So, so we have shorter statures, wider hands, okay. and small ears. Mm-hmm. And, Almond-shaped eyes, mm-hmm. heart defects for some or about fifty percent. About fifty percent of those with Down syndrome have have those, and there are three types of Down syndrome: there's mosaicism and translocation, which are the, the least common of the types, and there's the most common one, which which I have is trisomy twenty-one, and that's why March twenty-first is significant in October because of. Pre, pre-21 and, and down syndrome related, related companies or that have any questions for celebrate that World Down Syndrome Day in, in, in October. Probably 95% of people who have Down Syndrome have trisomy 21. Okay. It's just a fluke. It just happens. And that's the only one that I've heard of. So, you, so the first thing you mentioned almost was Mosaicism. Mosaicism. But for short, it's mosaic. Okay, and then what was the second one? Translocation, and those two are the least common of the types. They're a couple of percentage, and um, most, so mosaic Down syndrome is when not all of your 
um, genes have the extra chromosome. Could okay. be any, could be five percent of them. Ten, so okay. it can happen any time during development. So depending on when your your cells are splitting, they wouldn't all have it. Okay, it's interesting because there. I know. I, I, I mean, I don't know this, know this, but I do know this, know this. That there are people walking around who have it who don't know, who don't know who've it. never been diagnosed. They have to be. Well, because because you would the know. features would not be the same. That's correct. What we're That's correct. Better. And we know a okay. few, and um, their you know abilities typically. They have some different abilities. They're, yeah, right. Maybe not as well. You wouldn't know. Right. Sometimes. Um, and then translocation. If I remember correctly, it is. It comes from a parent. It comes from. It's inherited somehow. So there is understand. a genetic factor. Yep. For the for that one. Also very okay. very rare. Okay. And then so trisomy twenty one. Trisomy twenty one. Right. Yes. Okay. We'll make sure. And I'm and I'll look this up to make sure. sure that I print it right. <laughs> and it's, it really is almost everybody. Okay, and that's that's where it's the twenty-first chromosome, mm -hmm. is that right? Like, Which is what extra copy, the, the okay. third copy of of chromosome twenty-one. Because in in, in tip, neurotypical people like my mom, they only have two copies of, of chromosome twenty-one of all of them, of of all of them, and then and then there's um, and then there's ones with trisomy twenty-one Down syndrome, where where the the, the two copies of trisomy twenty-one. Makes makes another copy, which okay. makes a third. Oh, that's the lucky few. Right, have the. And what do you know? What the estimated percentage of the population is? Oh, that you has? know, I, I do know that, that somewhere. I think Down syndrome is probably, if not one of the largest, my right. largest ones in the in the disability realm. One out of seven hundred kids are born a year with Down syndrome. Okay, in the U.S. Yeah. Right, and I would this just there, there would be a whole lot more if people were not prenatally diagnosed. Right, right. That's. I asked Michelle what she could tell us about early testing during pregnancy and if a diagnosis happens at birth or sometime later when prenatal testing doesn't indicate a child might have Down syndrome. Well, and that, and that was what I wanted to ask too. Is so diagnosis. I know from when I was pregnant, we were given the options for different testing, and we opted not to because to us that wasn't an issue. Um, the risk to us was greater then yeah, no we were going to meet our child when we met our child yeah. but um but for those who don't do the testing like us um are, is it obvious at birth or do doctors know I what they're looking for right away in my experience i have i've actually known a few probably fewer than five people in the last 25 years who went home with their baby and had no idea until weeks or sometimes well, months later. Because the face is so later. puffy, you know, it's like yeah. this. But it's pretty rare. I mean, it's right. pretty obvious. He, we didn't know he was my first. We didn't know before he was born. But all it's funny because all of the markers, the low tone, he, he was like a raggedy ant doll. Okay. Um, he, and we commented on his teeny tiny fingers and his teeny tiny ears. And look at this little gap between his toes. And he was floppy like a raggedy ant doll, all markers. And I, here I am going, oh, look how cute this is. Right. And then four hours later, the doctor comes in and goes, yeah, we think he has Down syndrome. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. and I, I have the AFP, you know, that original, the blood test or whatever right. it was, and it was normal, but that happens all the time. And so ultrasound, heart, didn't show fine, anything. No if you look back at it now, knowing, you could go, oh, yeah, you know, maybe they should have called this one. But I, th I think a lot of us as moms, we see things later, it's like, well, yeah. we, oh, the signs were there, but we didn't know what we were looking at. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Correct. Yeah. 
And so we didn't do any further testing. We, I have two other boys and we were like, you know, it is what it is. Right. And right. clearly the testing isn't necessarily <laughs> I've heard parents of children with Down syndrome refer to their children as the lucky few and wondered why the term is used. I found out as Matthew shared some statistics with me. Contrary to what I had been told when I was expecting my own children, Down syndrome doesn't seem to be much more of a risk for older mothers than it is for younger mothers. I believe there's a statistic that, that says like like 51% is more probable of 51% of individuals with Down syndrome are born to to parents under the age of 35. So it's more probable from that, right. that, that way. But aside from that. Well, yes, it, it, it don't, you know, you always heard it's old, old moms, right, have the kids, but it's really not true when you factor in that more women below, that are younger women are having the babies. So it's, it, that's not one of the factors anymore. One of the challenges I've had in coming up with a slogan for the podcast has been whether to use the term disability or special needs. And each time I ask for input, I get an equal number of responses in favor of both of them. The same question comes up when we ask about person-first language or disability-first language. Michelle commented on the topic, and I was glad she had done so. The one thing that um, when you were talking about uh, using the proper terminology, the one thing that you're already naturally doing is using people-first language, a person with Down syndrome instead of a Downs man okay. or, okay. Um, so that's that's the one Having thing. The, the child. Right, <laughs> right. We don't get, I mean, personally, our family uses it as a teachable moment. Right. I don't, it's a, it's a word. What, you know, if you goof, if you, it's, I feel like most people are not intentionally malicious. I, th I think you're right on that. They yeah. just don't know. You don't know yeah. what you don't know. But I figured if we can, if we can address it openly with this, then sure. hopefully, a parent who is in uh, an emotional moment isn't having to now explain it That's right. to someone else who who cares about them but doesn't know that what their words are saying is hurting. Yep. And um, I think so that's yeah, so I, so I can, um, I've also found that the word, the terms, and I, I saw that you were correcting him when he was using disability. So, um, so what is your preference on that? It, well, it is it, for us personally. I'm okay with the word disability but somebody saw it in one of his PowerPoints and said, you know, we could use the word condition instead of disability. And I'm like, if that makes you feel better, right. we can use condition. I I go back and forth between special needs and disability. Yep. And depending on who I talk to, yep. um, my kids both are fine with those terms. So are we. It's, you know, it, just, it is what it is. It's, it, it, it is. And you, and you get to the point where it is what it is. We are who we are. Um, we can get stuck here or we can move on to, to whatever's next. Just be nice and, to my kid. Exactly, exactly. And have high expectations. Right? And, and awareness yeah. is a big piece of it. And, right. and I feel like that's what a lot of these conversations will do. Is, I mean, like, so for me personally, I'm learning as we're talking here. Um, it's not that I don't want to know, I just haven't had the opportunity to have this kind of conversation before. So I appreciate that. And, and um, most people are, myself included, you're, you're nervous to ask the question. Right. So you don't want to offend somebody by asking the question. So then you just don't learn and you don't know. But when you you had made the comment, or actually you you had made the comment that 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 with with Down syndrome you have it on on, on your face, mm -hmm. so it, it's identifiable. Yes. Um, but you know, do you find that people want to avoid you and not not engage? Do they come and just ask questions, or do they does it even an issue? Do they just you're, you're meeting someone, you're meeting someone, they, they don't bring it up at all. I mean, I mean, there have been times in, when I was younger when they do talk to, to me like like I was a kid, but but, but now, I mean, they, they don't do that, but they can, can almost do that in, in, 
in a way where where I, I'm not completely treat, treated that, that way. For example, sometimes if we go somewhere, if we are at the doctor's office or something, they will automatically look to me and, uh, you know, and so I just turn to him. He's perfectly capable of answering his own questions and doing all of that stuff. So is that what you're talking about, that kind of thing? Yes, it's more right. like the, the social interactions and, 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 and a little bit of, of the, the, the workplace interactions because there's prejudice oh, yeah. with the employers either because they, they know of, of what Down syndrome is, but they're too nervous to know what it is and, 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 and too nervous on, on how it would affect payroll, budgeting, and, and, and other aspects of, uh, of the, the business. And it kind of depends on how competitive the business is. The next questions I had were about medical care. I wondered what some of the medical care needs might be for a child with Down syndrome. Matthew started by explaining that some might have a heart defect. Heart defect. Is it a defect? Yes. Yeah. And it's a couple of different ones. We didn't, he didn't have it, so I'm not very well versed in that, but um, they almost, about 50% have some heart defect. Okay. Um, I would, the number's gotta be huge that have surgery and are fine. Right. Um, I know a couple who have a pacemaker, but honestly, they do the surgery and they're fine. Is it, do you know if it's usually a one and done? I or is it like a repeated no, as I believe order? it's a one and done. Okay. Another field of medical assistance is is orthopedist and, and, and orthotist because because nationally with blood muscle tons, we don't have um, defined muscles in, in our body. Not and, quite, not quite. I mean, not, not but we do have a lot of tons of loose ligaments, so so that's why we go to an orthopedist and an orthotist okay. where because our some of us with Down syndrome have coronation and, and these are UFOs like orthotists and and pediatricians definitely right. general practitioners. Right, so your specialist would be more the orthopedic doctor that you're working with. Yes, there's the pediatrician. There's often vision problems or vision. Um, right. Yes. He had, he should wear hearing aids because he's had fluid in his ears because the ear canals are really tiny. So that's okay. sometimes an issue. Um, feeding because of the low tone is sometimes a, a, a challenge. Breastfeeding is sometimes a challenge. They can do it, but sometimes a challenge. Um, so the, so the, low, the low muscle tone is, is a condition that's there from the beginning. But with therapy and with exercise, does the muscle tone now? It's build? always it's always it's low always low. and it's a resting muscle tone. Like he can okay. build, he has muscles. He can do this, and he's got guns. Right. So when his muscles are active, they're fine. It's the resting muscles okay. just kind of melt. They just so your joint stability would be affected. It it is, and but again, yes, it's a range. Just like with everybody else, just like with the cognitive ability, there is. I mean, it's just like in the typical population. Cognitive-wise, right? All the way right. from yep. whatever to all the way up. We have an, an average for a reason. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And it's the same exact thing, just shifted okay. in the Down syndrome. Since Matthew was open to sharing information with me, I asked him about his experience growing up. We were talking about cognitive growth, and I asked if he needed more time to reach some of the milestones growing up. He and Michelle chimed in to help me understand what Matthew's path has been. And with that shift, talking about the cognitive um, abilities here. So 
you're carrying on a full conversation here. No, no deficits. <laughs> no, no, no. Are there, no deficit at all. Are there delays though, as far as did did it take you longer to reach some of those milestones as Every a child? single one. Then, or did, that, did it take you longer to get to the point where you were reading independently? Do you can, know the answer to that? that? I mean, the only part that, that I do know is that that um, my, my, when my mom first told me I had Down syndrome and I was in first grade and, and she had me repeat first grade only only once. So I was graduated in 16, in, in 2016, but me being held back, I graduated a year later in 2017. So spending some, some extra time in those foundational yes. years to get ready. Yes. Okay, there yeah. was, I, I would say, second kid, and I knew what the progression should right. be, but he was, I, I would say that that reading was his strength. Okay. Um, so he excelled at it. Um, and so it was definitely, it was not as big a deficit for him as some other things were. Gross motor was a much bigger deficit for him. Okay. Um, yeah. Probably because of, I mean, he was very late to, he was very late, even in the Down syndrome community, he was very late to walk. Because I know crawling and walking is delayed and for, for the majority of the kids. Yep. Yes. Almost everything is, Delayed, so it's not that you're not going to get there. It's just going to take longer to get there. Right for most yes. okay. for most things. Correct. And, and yep. I was going to say even delay in in speech. Like I right. I, I did sign sign language okay. uh, until I was about like three years old, and then three years old I started talking. Five. Okay. Oh, five, five years old. And I knew what he knew. You right. know, I, so it helped yeah, me. True. True. Um, and it was and it was cool. We didn't do any. Um, we didn't do ASL. We did sign exact English. So it was just. A they were they, they we gave did, signs, gave ideas, sign. yeah. did that kind of thing. Where yeah. you know his sign for my mother was this because she had curly hair. Okay, we'll okay. take it, Grant. Whatever, <laughs> we'll take it. He uses it consistent. Right. He was yeah. talking to us. The, the idea was communication. That's, That's right. right. And so yeah. he and as he learned words, he this the sign he left. He gave up. His Before we finished, I wanted to make sure I asked about new parents who want to get connected with Gigi's Playhouse. Go to gigi'splayhouse.org, which is the main website and, and, and then there's a part on the national website they can look at like locations, locations okay, across the country, good. how to start one and it's existing ones and, right. and they go to existing one like for example Charlotte. Just or, where they look at the list of existing playhouses. Yeah, and, and they go so there, to there is a directory. There is. Yes. Okay, yes. Good. There is and good. then they can go on, on there and, and see what that playhouse offers. Excellent. And do you have any advice for parents? For new parents? For new parents. Um, your baby is a baby first. And that's really, I, that's the best piece of advice is just treat it like, treat them like a baby, love them, and then find the resources as you, as you need them. Excellent. Excellent. As we wrap up this podcast episode, Steve and I want to express our gratitude for the opportunity to learn about the incredible work being done by Gigi's Playhouse for the Down Syndrome community. We were truly impressed by their dedication and support for individuals and families, and we encourage everyone to check out ggsplayhouse.org to see how you can get involved. Even if there isn't a Gigi's Playhouse location in your area, they offer online options for connection and support. By supporting Gigi's Playhouse, you can make a meaningful impact in the lives of individuals with Down syndrome. We also want to thank Matthew and Michelle Schwab for sharing their experiences and insights with us. We learned so much and are grateful for their willingness to be a part of this episode. For those of you who want to learn more about Matthew, we'll include his contact information in the show notes. 
And if you're listening to this on the audio platform, we encourage you to check out our video on YouTube, where you can see a tour of Gigi's Playhouse Raleigh. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you on the next episode.